How can regular working people like us, how can we fix our broken financial system to redirect the wealth and power of big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich to us regular working people without using politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. Almost all of us know how to build wealth, whether you realize it or not. Here it is. Spend less than you earn, invest wisely, and if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Now, I didn't come up with that. This is from the book Mind Over Money by financial psychologist Brad Klontz. In this book, he talks about how all of us have something he calls money scripts or essentially beliefs uh, that's centered around money based on our own uh, past experiences, often through childhood. So maybe you grew up in a household where your parents said, well, money doesn't grow on trees. And really, this is talking about money as a scarce resource, which is absolutely false. Uh, money doesn't grow on trees, but trillions of dollars are created every year. The, the supply of money is constantly increasing. Now, a lot of people think this is because the federal government is printing money. Um, and yes, a little bit of, of that is happening. The federal government really isn't really printing money. It's, it's digits on a screen, but, um, the vast majority of money that's created today, 90 to 97% of it is through commercial banks and, and lending, uh, briefly not to get too far in the weeds here, uh, commercial banks, they're allowed to create money, uh, or, or loan money based on the deposits of their account holders. So a uh, quick example, my friend Kevin, he got second place in a beauty contest and he won $1,000. He put that $1,000 into his local bank and uh, it's now in his savings account. Uh, Kevin's neighbor, Maggie, went to the bank to get a personal loan for $1,000 to uh, fix her, uh, to groom her dog in a way for a dog beauty contest. Okay, I'm making this story up as I go. But uh, the point is, is that uh, Kevin's bank account doesn't go to zero because his neighbor Maggie ne needs a loan. In fact, none of the account holders balance is affected by it. So how, how, what, where does this money come from uh, that, that Maggie gets for her loan? Well, banks are legally allowed to create this money. This is called fractional reserve lending. So the federal government puts a, uh, a reserve amount that banks have to, to loan money. So for instance, if the bank has $100 billion in deposits from their account holders, and the reserve requirement that the federal government uh, sets is 10%, then the that bank is allowed to loan $90 billion. Okay, today, that reserve requirement is 0%. So if a bank has $100 billion in deposits, it's legally allowed to lend 
$100 billion. And so this is how money gets created. It, it's, it's not because of the wild federal government. That's, that's a myth. Um, but it's through this combination between uh, the Federal Reserve requirement and uh, commercial banks uh, lending. Okay, so money, it kind of does grow on trees um, by commercial lending. So you may have this false belief and think money is scarce. Okay, uh, that that is something that was that's what he was talking about uh, money scripts. There are many different other ones. You know, all rich people are jerks and greedy. Well, that's just not true. Um, it, that depends on the person. There are many kind and loving and generous wealth uh, wealthy people out there. Uh, so so again, that this is just a, a belief that has. Uh, been repeated by your parents, or or maybe it's something that you've repeated to yourself based on some sort of uh, experience that you had um, uh, going on. Uh, other uh, money scripts are things like uh, shopping spree will will help me feel better. Uh, you know, maybe something uh, painful happened to you, and you want to mask that pain through a shopping spree, uh, and it does feel good for, for a moment, but then you feel extra guilty because you can't really afford to go on that shopping spree. This is very similar to people self-medicating with alcohol. Um, it momentarily, it helps, yes, but in the, in the long term, it, it creates uh, even more damage. So um, all of these, these beliefs that, that we have, um, well, we really believe them. Uh, but let me tell you something. There is no such thing as a true belief. If the belief was true, it wouldn't be a belief anymore. It would be a fact. Now, that's not to say that that it's not that it's bad to to be a true believer, but now understand that it's faith and, and not fact. And we want to have faiths and, and beliefs that are helpful to us, not hurtful. Um, uh, believing that uh, money is a scarce resource, that is, that's hurtful for us because then we, we're, we're not uh, thinking that, yes, we can have this piece of the pie that's constantly growing. Uh, there is no pie in a sense. It, it's just the money supply just keeps increasing. And if, if we think, oh, okay, yeah, there, there is more money being created, then, then we have the, uh, our mental state is, is in a place where we're willing and, uh, and able to uh, get that uh, increasing money supply. Um, what else is a, a hurtful belief? It, it's hurtful to think that all rich people are jerks and are greedy. Um, this puts us at, uh, you know, gets, makes us angry and, and want to discriminate against rich people as odd as that may sound, uh, that happens. I know that because that was something that I believed. I believed that, that rich people were bad and, um, you know, having, uh, if you had money, it made you greedy. Now I, I changed that belief around 18 and I saw other things going on that didn't know that I, you know, I, I met someone who was really wealthy and super kind and generous. It, it totally changed my outlook on, on people with money. 
and it made me want to become a wealthy person. Um, uh, also, <clears throat> it, it hurts to believe that that spending money uh, will make you feel better. That's a hurtful belief, uh, as I just mentioned. Some helpful beliefs are that you believing that you can spend less than you earn. Uh, you believing that you can invest wisely and, and that you believing that you can spot out something that seems too good to be true, uh, to, to look for that quick buck, uh, that, those, that is helpful, uh, because then now you're in a situation to actually build wealth. So spending less than you earn. Now, uh, the best way to spend less than, uh, spend less than you earn is by having a budget. Uh, now in the past budgets were, were really difficult, uh, to prepare time consuming. You're trying to track down, uh, you know, your expenses and your income and you're looking all over the place and you're trying to get it down. And then you're on some, uh, spreadsheet maybe, and this is time consuming and you're constantly, well, what did I make this month? Oh, that's all in the past. You don't have to do that anymore. There are free budgeting apps all over the place now. Uh, in fact, I have I, I offer a uh, a budgeting app in my money management portal where you link all your financial accounts in, into one secure lo location, and uh, the app will automatically. Uh, come up with your average monthly expenses, your average monthly income, and where you could see whether you're uh, in the in the red, you know, having a a negative net monthly income, or in the black, having a positive net monthly income. Uh, this is commonly uh, referred to as cash flow. What your monthly cash flow is now. Now the vast majority. I saw uh, this Gallup poll where it says only 30% of people have uh, regular, regularly uh, you use budgeting. Um, I actually think that's less than 30%, but that's fine. Uh, to, to a good way to know if you actually regularly uh, budget is if I asked you, well, what's your monthly cash flow? How much net income do you have every month? If you know right away, then you're probably actively budgeting. If you don't, then yes, you're not. So, so getting one of these, these, uh, budgeting apps, huge, that that's the first step. Um, then, uh, these, these, uh, let's say you're, you're in the red. Well, these budgeting apps can help you reduce your expenses. And, and, and that way you, you can be in the black and then you can start to invest wisely. Um, now that's another question. Well, how do I invest wisely? Uh, and it helps to have a, a trustworthy investment advisor. Um, if that, if you see me as trustworthy, then I will happily help you. If you see someone else as trustworthy, then please go to them. Uh, it's, it's important that you get good advice when it comes to investing. Um, and, and see the last one. Um, if it's too good to be true, then, then it probably is. This is, you know, common sense. Um, if, if you think 
that, oh my gosh, if I invest in this, then I'm going to be rich in, in a year, then that's too good to be true. This happened to a lot of people with crypto. Uh, they got into major, major trouble. They invested a lot of money. And when the crypto market crashed with, uh, you know, the fraud that was going on, um, yeah, people lost big. You know who didn't lose big were the, the early investors, um, not really just your regular average people. Uh, it was the early investors um, that, that, that made money on, on the crypto. And, and, and now most of us regular working people um, got the short end of the stick. So spend less than you earn, invest wisely, and if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor, and I see you are one too. If you want to know how to fix our broken financial system democratically without protesting or divisive political action, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.